gentlemen, start your engines. Uh, here's the way that about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. I've got uh, a lot to go over with you tonight, so do not miss any part of this show. If for some reason you cannot be here. For the entire show. Remember, you can always get the podcast version, uh, and we have all that information over at jimparisradio.com. Jimparisradio.com. Uh, tonight, we do not have a guest, and that's actually going to work out really nice because I've got so much news to go over and some just really important things I want to share with you, uh, some things that I think are going to happen. And uh, as my Christian brothers and sisters, I want to give you the heads up about some things that I think are about to happen. And I want to warn you and protect you and give you what I believe is uh, an advance warning about what is about to happen. So we're going to get into that tonight. Uh, But next week, we've got Derek Gilbert. He has a new book out, Jods and Dragons. This guy from Skywatch TV, Derek Gilbert, been with us many times, fascinating guest. And then I was excited. My producer told me that in two weeks, Cheryl Atkinson is here. Of course, former CBS reporter and uh, just a number of tremendous books. She's got a new book out. Uh, again, about the media bias, which is sort of her expertise uh, with her books. She'll be with us in two weeks. Okay, well, let me get right into it. I want to give you tonight, uh, I, and, I, and I don't want you, look, let me start by saying this. I'm not one to make a lot of predictions. I'm really not. If you watch this show, you know that's not what I do. Other people do that, and other people make that kind of part of their shtick. I, I don't do that. I'm not a big you know, guy that comes out here and makes a lot of predictions. So you can mark this down on your calendar that this is pretty rare. Yeah. I do say generally, I think things are doing going to do this or do that, but I don't really come out often and say specifically something's going to happen. So, so tonight is kind of unique in that way. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If you have any money in the stock market, any money whatsoever, it would be my opinion, my advice to get that money out as soon as you can. Now, I'm not suggesting that you take money out of an IRA account or out of a 401 into the cash option. So that's what I'm, that the stock market is going to come down and it's going to be a big drop this time. It may take going to happen. And, and let me first say that I'm not happy that this is going to happen. I, I posted this earlier today on Facebook and a lot of people are chiming in. See, what? here's what happens. When people have money invested, they start kind of gaslighting themselves, which is they want to believe something's going to happen. And because they're all invested in that financially and emotionally, their belief then becomes their opinion. They, they become completely uh, 
they come become completely biased. They're they're totally sold out on their own wish, which then becomes uh, they can't manage their money because they're they're too emotionally invested in it. This is what happened when I came out in the spring and told everybody get all your money out of cryptocurrency. And two, three weeks later, I was getting the emails by the dozens, people saying, Jim, you know, I can't believe you, you told me to do this. You told me to get my money out. And now it dropped so far. It did. And I'm, and I'm telling you that tonight. I'm telling you that tonight that the stock market is going to have a major drop in the coming weeks. It could even be this week. Um, some people are thinking it's going to happen even before Christmas. And let me tell you what is happening so that you kind of get an understanding. This is, again, I'm not trying to sell you a newsletter. I'm not trying to sell you gold. I don't have anything like that to sell. Maybe I should, because maybe I can make a lot of money doing that. Here's the deal. All of this stuff is happening in the economy and nobody's really talking about it. All the horrible things that are happening are just kind of being kept on the down low. And let me start with this tonight as my headline. Did you know, well, you were not paying attention over the last few months because you're worried about COVID and the economy, you know, your personal economy, what's happening with your, you know, with your job and your household and what's going on in your state and your city and lockdowns. Did you know that while you're preoccupied with a lot of things like that, that the national debt has now hit $27 trillion, $27 trillion. And, and let me tell you the things that I'm about to tell you tonight. Um, let me, let me start by giving you the kind of the metaphor. And I've done this before. The metaphor is you're watching Roadrunner and, and you love the scene, right? When Wiley Coyote, he runs off the edge of a cliff, but he doesn't actually fall until he looks down and realizes that he's off the edge of a cliff. In many ways, uh, that's how the markets work. That's how the stock market works. It's really, uh, greatly about perception more so than it is about reality. And so what people believe or think is going to happen turns out to be what happens. And I'm going to pause for one second here because I have a desk light. There we go. I've got a desk light I've got to turn on so that I can read my notes. My desk light has this feature where it automatically turns itself off after about a couple of hours and uh, no way to kind of override that. So here's what's going on. <sighs> Only people on the inside are really aware of what's going to happen. And, and I want you to know so that you can get your money in a safe position with the national debt at $27 trillion, 27 trillion. And I don't even want to get started tonight and get into, and by the way, I'm going to open up the phone lines a little bit later in the show. I don't do that often. We're going to open up the phone lines. You can call in and disagree give your own comment, your own prediction with the national debt at $27 trillion. It is, it is, it is a mess. When we look at just what the interest cost is going to be as part of the budget going into this next year, um, it is just a mess. And, and what's happening is the fed is literally pumping billions and billions and billions of dollars into the economy. We don't really even know how much money they're putting into the economy. And I'm going to tell you in a couple of minutes where I think you should invest money 
because I don't think it's the stock market is the place to be. I, I really don't. It makes no sense to me that the stock market is hitting all these new records. And yes, some people are saying, yes, it's because of the vaccine news, because this vaccine is coming out. The stock market has gone way, way beyond reality. And, and this is mostly because of the Fed juicing the markets, putting all this money uh, out into the economy. And all that's going to do, it's, it's going to cause inflation. It's gonna, it, and it already is causing inflation. If you're just watching when you go to the grocery store, how much you're having to pay for things. Uh, it's going to be extremely inflationary. And I'm going to talk about the election in a little bit here, but I'm talking about this stuff right now. It doesn't matter whether it's going to be Biden or Trump. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because these are these economic problems are going to go with either person. It's going to be worse if it's Biden because of all the new green deal and all this crazy nonsense they're going to get into, which is going to make things even worse. But nonetheless, it's going to be tough times, whether it's Trump or Biden, either way, it'll be worse under Biden, but it's still good. This is all going to happen. Even if Trump ends up somehow with a miracle pulling, pulling this out. So we've got the $27 trillion national debt and people are talking, uh, type it in your, your Google search engine. People are talking about the so-called great reset that is coming. And a lot of people say, oh, conspiracy theory, there's not going to be a reset. Well, the first thing to know is that uh, the people talking about this so-called reset, no one really agrees on what this reset is. Okay, generally speaking, what the idea is, is that there would be a new world currency. And uh, it could even be a digital currency. And some people then say, well, that brings in the new world order and it's a one world currency. Um, other people go so far as to say this financial reset is going to be a mass forgiveness of debt, a mass forgiveness of debt, a debt jubilee, and a new currency will be put in place. It will be sort of like wiping out the monopoly table and starting over again. I don't know to what degree we're going to see that. But something major, a major financial shift is going to take place. And, and let me tell you what some of the things are you're not hearing about. You're not hearing anyone talk about $27 trillion in the national debt. And, and it wasn't very many months ago. It was just $20 trillion. So we're talking about an incredible increase uh, in the national debt. And they're already talking about another stimulus package, which will be, you know, two, three trillion. So we're going to be at 30 trillion plus before you know it uh, in the national debt, which is just it's just not sustainable. So so take that there by itself. But then when you continue on. And, and just look at uh, some of the other things that are happening. By the way, this whole idea of a universal basic income, that's probably going to be part of the, the, the uh, financial reset as well. Uh, that this, stim this next stimulus is probably not going to be a one-time payment. That This is what they're talking about, putting everybody on some type of a, a weekly or a bi-weekly paycheck. Uh, to get through all of this, because this is going to be months and months and months. And let me tell you why it's going to take months, maybe years and years for us to get out of this mess. 
Do you know that there are millions and millions and millions of people right now who have not paid rent or paid a mortgage since the spring? I'm not kidding you. There are government programs in place that are allowing people to not pay rent and not be evicted from their properties. And I get it. On the one hand, that's such a nice gesture. You don't want anybody to be put out on the street. But then on the other hand, you've got landlords that are operating buildings, rental homes, properties without any income. Now, going on, what, eight, nine months, they're probably behind on their mortgages. You've got banks that haven't been able to collect on mortgages uh, for eight, nine months, haven't even been able to start the first step of the foreclosure process. Uh, at the end of this year, uh, December 31st, unless they renew it, a lot of these protections are going to disappear. So you're going to have at the end of December, millions upon millions upon millions of people who are all of a sudden going to have to come up with eight or nine months of their mortgage they haven't paid, eight or nine months of rent they haven't paid. Now, no one's going to be able to do that. So this is going to create a massive wave of foreclosures like we've never seen before, a massive wave of evictions like we've never seen before. I don't know what the answer is to those two things. But then when we go forward and we look at what else is happening, we already had uh, malls uh, emptying out, uh, you know, these these corporations that own these shopping malls are already they're trying to figure out what to do. These malls are going under the anchor stores are going away. J.C. Penney, Sears make a list there. Some of these are turning their these malls into apartment buildings, doing other things with them. Uh, we've got a big mall near here. It's turned into a church. So they, they're doing other things with these properties. But yet now we've got uh, more and more and more of these commercial businesses going under. And what we have is this kind of phantom commercial real estate collapse that really we haven't seen it yet. Because a lot of the banks, a lot of the lenders have decided to just wait and not go right away into trying to take these properties back. They don't want all these properties to be in foreclosure at the same time, all of them to be out in the market for sale at the same time. But there is a massive kind of dam that's going to break of commercial foreclosures and commercial vacancies. I read an article just before we went live tonight that one third of all the small businesses in the state of New Jersey have closed one third. This is just one state, but this is happening around the, the country. And when we look at these, uh, these, these closures and now these reclosures where you've got states locking down again, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into tonight whether they should lock down or not. We've talked about that. Uh, I honestly don't know. I don't see any benefit in these lockdowns. I think it's questionable medically, but it's certainly a mess financially when you start locking down these areas. And, and I, I, I'm going to, I know people are going to say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but let me tell you what I'm thinking. 
You know, if you've got twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars of credit card debt, and you go and start crying poor mouth to your friends and relatives, probably not going to get many of them to feel sorry for you. They're going to say, "Look, you dug yourself in that mess." You dig yourself out of that mess. You go get a second job, a third job. You start selling stuff to pay off that debt. But let's say you, <laughs> let's say your house burns down, right? Well, then you set up a GoFundMe account. Now everybody wants to help you because you got this big problem. You don't have kind of this small or medium problem. You have this giant problem. And I believe this is what's happening in the blue states. I believe these blue states are basically in such trouble financially that their only way out of this. Now, they tried this with Trump and Trump, his negotiator, Steve Mnuchin, would not go for this. They tried to get a second stimulus with literally hundreds of billions of dollars of for bailout money for California and New Jersey and Illinois money that would bail out. Uh, pension mismanagement for 20, 30 years would bail out all kinds of uh, financial problems and financial mismanagement uh, everywhere from California to Illinois uh, to New Jersey to New York. And that did they weren't going to go for that. Trump wouldn't go along with that. Now, maybe Biden, if he gets in, maybe he will go along with that. But let me tell you what I think they're doing. I think the idea is burn down the house and then we're going to get sympathy. So if we if we lock down long enough, if we literally have, you know, like grapes of wrath, I mean, people walking the streets like zombies with nowhere to live and no money and no food, then the government's going to come in with the, the hundreds of billions of dollars that we want. I really wonder, uh, and I hate to say it, but I really wonder how much of this is self-sabotage self-sabotage by these blue states hoping to get a massive massive bailout uh in the hundreds of billions of dollars it's insane when you look at the financial shape that some of these states are in um this is another statistic right now in america over half of young american adults get this over half of young american adults are now living with their parents. This is the greatest percentage in 120 years. In 120 years. So we're seeing this. We're seeing kids, they go off to college, then they're coming back home. They can't make enough money to pay the student loans. And by the way, financial reset, this this is kind of a peek into that, right? Which is that Biden and a lot of his supporters are saying if he gets in, his one of his first acts is going to be a mass forgiveness of student loans. And we've talked about that on this program. But there's going to have to be a lot of other mass forgiveness of debt as well. And this is why I'm becoming more and more convinced that this idea of a financial reset is not just a possibility, but probably very likely. I mean, what do we do about people that haven't paid their mortgages in nine months? And there are millions of them. What do we do about people that haven't paid rent in nine months? And there are millions of them. And and I'm not a heartless guy. You know, I I, I don't know what we should do about that. I mean, you just can't ignore it. 
I mean, you just can't wake up and say, well, we're going to forget about the fact that you didn't make nine mortgage payments or, or nine rent payments because there are consequences that affects the bank and that affects the investors that own the bank that affects the investors that own the rental properties and they're paying debt and maintenance and overhead on those rental properties and not able to collect rent. So somehow this has to be unwound. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. And, and so, um, I mean, just continue to add to this. Uh, what, we, what else do I have here in my list of issues? People are fleeing big cities. So consider New York City just as an example. And you've got Los Angeles and San Francisco and Chicago and other major cities in New Jersey and in the Northeast. People are fleeing major cities. This whole idea now with you can work from home, you can be on Zoom, and you don't have to be in an office. That's all wonderful, right? But what happens now to these cities? What happens to these cities and all of the real estate? There's massive, massive vacancies in residential real estate in New York City and, and other cities as well. People are leaving New York City. There's massive commercial vacancies now beginning. This is the kind of thing that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it's not going to come back. It's not going to come back. People are not going to rush back into New York City. And many people had wondered, you know, when is the Internet going to get people out of these big cities? Because why should you live in a big city where you've got to pay like near San Francisco? People are paying a million dollars for a two bedroom home built in the 1950s. Many people predicted that the Internet was going to do this. And it kind of did. Right. It, it kind of slowly uh, move people out of the big cities, but not like this, not like what COVID has done. And this is a major shift and transition. And so in my notes here, I had some thoughts about real estate and, you know, whether people should buy real estate or not. And I want to talk about where money should go if it's not in the stock market, where are some better places for money? So I would be very careful not to try to go in and bottom fish in these places where you're already seeing some major declines in value, like Chicago, like New York City, like major cities in New Jersey, like areas like California. I would be very careful uh, to not run in there and say, wow, things are things are down 10, 15, 20 percent. Now's the time to buy. No, no, no. Maybe when it, they're down 50 percent or 70% is the time to buy. Not now. But where would you buy if you wanted to buy real estate? Well, just take a look at the migration patterns of people. Look at what's happening uh, right here in my own neighborhood. I can't tell you. I mean, seven days a week, I hear people, if I go out in my backyard, I hear them nailing uh, shingles on roofs and uh, pouring concrete. It's it's almost uh, seven days a week now. We're hearing the construction going on. Florida is on fire. People are moving to Florida. Texas is on fire. People are moving to Texas. Arizona is on fire. People are moving to Arizona. Uh, look at these trends. Those are the places where you could buy. But be careful because Florida isn't just, you know, you can't look at Florida as just one real estate market. This is one of the things that people do. They, they say, well, Florida is Florida. It's not. 
There's still a lot of overpriced areas like South Florida is very overpriced. But if you get into like uh, where I'm at, Northeast Florida is is very um, certain areas like where I live in Flagler County. You can still get a beautiful house five, 10 minutes from the beach for $250,000. There's still parts of Florida. Uh, if you get into, you know, uh, maybe west of me, say halfway between Tampa and Palm Coast, where I live, there's still some areas, uh, Ocala, some of these areas where you can get a nice house for $130,000, $150,000. There's, there's plenty of areas where people are moving. Uh, Georgia is another area. Uh, good friends of ours live in Blue Ridge, Georgia, which is uh, kind of a bedroom community to Atlanta. It's about an hour, hour and a half north of Atlanta. You can do your research and find these areas. Um, if you're looking to move, move to one of these areas where people are moving in. Go in, take a week and drive around and look and see how many people are are building and how many construction permits are being pulled. You can tell. You can see the growth. It doesn't take a genius to figure out where the growth is taking place and where people are leaving because the government is pumping in so much money into the economy. Inflation is going to become an issue. And when you look at investing historically, people would say, you know, a good investment in inflationary times would be real estate. And I would generally agree with that, except for the fact that we have this mass exodus from the big cities. So you don't want to be putting money in those areas. You want to find areas where there is an opportunity, where people are moving to. So I, I, I like real estate, but you've got to find the right areas of the country to put your money. I also like Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is really doing well right now. And one of the things, if you have my book, which you can see it over my right shoulder, um, one of the reasons why Bitcoin is exploding is because there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin ever created. Just 21 million. Unlike the U.S. dollar, which is a fiat currency, which can be uh, printed by the trillions and trillions and trillions. There is no limit. The government is creating money right now. The more dollars in circulation, the less each dollar is worth. This is basic economics. Um, you have a currency with Bitcoin, which has a maximum uh, number of coins that can ever be created is 21 million. We're getting very close to the 21 million. Because of that limited supply, it reacts very similar to commodities like gold, like silver, and, and other commodities like that. So right now, people are asking me where to put money. If you want to put money, uh, selectively find areas where real estate uh, is promising. I just mentioned that. I also love Bitcoin. If you are an investor in an IRA, you can buy Bitcoin in your IRA through the, through the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. That is symbol GBTC, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. You can buy that through your stockbroker within your IRA account. I also I, I like gold. I like silver. I like Bitcoin. I also like another cryptocurrency called Ripple XRP, which I've talked about for a long time. Uh, but if you don't want to be exotic and buy gold and cryptocurrency and all that, that's fine. I get that. Um, just move your money into cash for right now. Uh, 
I just, it makes zero sense to me that we have the Dow hitting 30,000 all time high with all of this stuff going on, all of these foreclosures that are coming, millions of foreclosures are coming, millions of evictions are coming, millions of commercial properties going under that's coming. And it's on and on and on. I mean, there's so much to be unwound right now in the economy and, and how most people are living. I don't know about you, but this is how I'm living. I'm kind of living like, you know, one day at a time. Our pastor today talked about uh, worry, sermon on worry. Good time for a sermon on worry. Talked about the scripture where Jesus says, look, look at the birds the birds are not worrying about their food or what they're going to wear. And, and that's sort of a message for us about worrying. But, you know, the reality is when you live in a complicated economy, um, you know, I think for a lot of us, everything is on hold right now, right? We're not really thinking ahead because, you, you know, we want to know, like, when is the lockdown going to be over? Well, maybe I'll do this after the lockdown. After my city comes off of lockdown, maybe I'll polish off my resume. Maybe I'll go back to college. Maybe I'll go get another certification. Maybe I'll start a business. Maybe I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll do something else here to make some extra money. I'm going to do that after the lockdown is over, after the COVID is gone. So a lot of people are sort of, you know, putting everything on hold. It kind of reminds me of like what happens during the holidays, if you're in any kind of business, if you're a salesperson, you probably know that if you're contacting people during the holidays, what do they tell you after the holidays? Call me after the holidays. I'm busy right now with the holidays. Call me after the holidays. So what's happened is everybody's put their kind of everything off. Like since March, we, we've just kind of put everything off. I've noticed this in my own business. I would have multiple people a week buying educational products from me, books, joining my online business class, all these kind of things. And all of a sudden, like nobody's doing anything. I'm getting all these emails. Jim, I want to join your online business training. How much is it? How do I join? And I'll answer their questions and I don't hear back from them. I'll follow up and say, did I answer your questions? Are you ready to sign up? Well, not right now. I just, you know, as soon as all this is over, Soon as all this is over, I'm going to move forward. So, so everything is on hold. And I wish I could tell you that once everything comes back off of hold, that that's all good, that all these good things are going to happen. But it's kind of like, like a, a massive, you, you've, you've got a massive cut in one of your main arteries and you put a, a tourniquet on that. And so temporarily temporarily maybe you don't even feel any pain and the bleeding has stopped but eventually that tourniquet's got to come off and then this has got uh this has got to to run its course and economics are economics and math is math and we just can't ignore it we just cannot ignore all of this because in the society we live there are balance sheets and income statements and all of this stuff has to be accounted for and i just don't know about some magic reset that wipes out all of this that forgives everybody for nine months of unpaid mortgage payments and nine months of unpaid rent 
and all these commercial properties that are that are empty in business. So many businesses, they started out by I'm temporarily closing and now they're permanently closed. And that's it. They So they're temporarily closed and now they're permanently closed. And that's an empty building now. It's a loss of that business. It's a loss of all those jobs that that business, um, you know, that, that company employed. And I hate to be negative. I hate to be the guy here kind of sounding the alarm, but the truth is the truth. Okay. So that's that. And I'm just going to say it. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll hear back from you. Uh, but let me put it this way. If you're to just to analyze, you know, what's the upside in the market right now? Probably not much, right? We're hitting new records <laughs> in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. And think of all of the industries that are being affected, right? Hotels, airlines, cruise lines, retail, restaurants. And these are not things that are going to come back overnight. They're talking about five years, 10 years down the road before people are going to be flying as much as they were before COVID. Uh, five, 10 years out before they're cruising on cruise lines like they did before COVID. Maybe two or three years before they're going back out to eat as much as they did before COVID. Uh, I wish I had better news. I really do. All right, let me grab a sip of coffee here, and I want to shift gears and talk about the election. I'm also going to open up the phone lines here soon. So if you want to call in and disagree, ask a question, share your own comment, you're going to have a chance to do that. Haven't done that in a long time. We're going to do that tonight. Okay, so, of course, we're all excited about the pardon of Michael Flynn. There's my sip of coffee. You see, even Rush Limbaugh gets to go to a commercial every 20 minutes or so, and we're commercial-free. We're all excited about the pardon of Michael Flynn, and it was interesting because he stayed quiet during all that, and, and he needed to do that. His lawyers advised him to do that, but now he's able to speak because he got the pardon, and this was interesting. Michael Flynn says the coup against Trump is still in progress. The coup against Trump is still in progress. And I really believe he's right, because when you think about it, when you look at all of these examples, and by the way, the media is still saying there's no evidence of fraud. After all of these hundreds of affidavits that have been signed and all of this testimony we've heard and all of this evidence about the software and Dominion and all of this stuff. The media is still saying no evidence, nothing to see here. But let me tell you the thing that makes me the most suspicious and makes me think Michael Flynn is right. And it is the entire deep state against Trump is with all of this evidence that is out there. Where is the FBI where is the Attorney General of the United States? Like I've said all along, if these accusations of fraud are not true, then let's let's clear the air and, and prove they're not true. And then we have a legitimate President Joe Biden. But I, I just started hearing today just a little bit about the FBI 
The FBI apparently is compiling a list of people who have voted in multiple states. And uh, I just heard about that today. But where's Bob Barr been? Uh, Attorney General Barr. Uh, I always get Bob Barr and Bill Barr confused. Bill Barr. Uh, Bob Barr, of course, the former congressman from Georgia. Where's Bill Barr? I mean, I, we haven't heard from him. Uh, again, I mean, we're talking about a national election. And we're talking about the president of the United States himself saying that all of this happened and we've got all these witnesses, all these affidavits, all this suspicious activity, but yet we're not hearing anything from the attorney general. And here's the deal. I really think it's all going to come down to the Supreme Court, which is what I think we all believed all along, right? All these state courts and certifying and this and that and the electors vote on December 14th. It's in the end, it's going to be in the Supreme Court. And and I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so encouraged that we've got a new conservative justice because more and more, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts goes with the liberals more and more, almost like he's a more reliable liberal than he ever was a conservative. But now we've got a new conservative justice, Amy Coney Barrett, and, and I'm encouraged that maybe the Supreme Court is going to take a look at this. But what it's going to come down to is there's this has got to stay front and center in the news, and it's not. It's kind of like people are moving on, the holidays are coming up, even Trump supporters are sort of forgetting about this. And I know it's going to be hard for people to do, but you've got to keep you've got to keep pushing this, keep posting stuff on your social media. Keep the story alive so that the Supreme Court will at least uh, realize that there are still millions and millions of us that want this to be looked into. And uh, I still think there's some major bombshells to take place in the coming days. I think it is beyond proven, beyond proven that there was massive fraud and cheating in this election. We just don't know how much cheating there was, and we may never know. And so what the standard has been with these different state courts is you've got to not just prove fraud, but prove that that fraud would have changed the election by enough votes to have overturned that state's delegates to go one way or the other. And the problem is, you know, this is if it's done on software, you may not be able to ever go back and prove that and get this Georgia officials were apparently caught today or over the weekend here updating the software on their dominion voting machines. Attorney Lynn Wood got an emergency order from a judge to stop them from updating the software, which would basically erase, erase the evidence of what might've happened in the election. So this judge in Georgia orders them to preserve those computers. Do not update that software. I mean, why would you need to worry about updating it right away? Okay, you don't need to worry about updating it right away. The next election in Georgia isn't until January, that runoff. So you don't need to worry about that right away. But they're doing it, which makes me suspicious. But here's what's more suspicious. And this goes back to what Michael Flynn said. Michael Flynn says the coup is still in progress. That same judge that ordered that those computers 
not be updated. An hour later today, reversed his order to allow those computers to get updated and basically reformatted, wiping out any evidence. Now, I don't know if there's a, a federal um, injunction being sought. Probably there is, but it might be too late. Now, there was other news that um, this math genius, um, you may have heard the name Dr. Kershaveras Nia. Dr. Kershaveras Nia. He is now officially a part of the Sidney Powell legal team. He is not an attorney, but he is a genius mathematician. He's worked for all kinds of different universities. The guy is, is like off the charts and Einstein when it comes to math and statistics, he's worked for the defense department. This, when this guy talks about statistics and math, people listen to him. He's not some guy that lives in a garage somewhere that we dug up to try to come up with a story for people to believe this guy has incredible, um, He's got an incredible amount of, of integrity and, and respect within the science community. So here are some of the things that Dr. Kershavara's Nia had to say. I'm going to just give you some bullet points. This is what he said. Hammer and scorecard is real. This is not a hoax. And it was used to manipulate the election. Dominion. And Smartmatic are all vulnerable to fraud and vote manipulation. Dominion has been used in other countries to forge election results. Dominion's corporate structure is deliberately confusing to hide relationships with Venezuela, China, and Cuba. And it goes on and on and on. And he specifically says uh, the counts in the disputed states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia. He says there was electronic manipulation. And he says he can prove it. The simultaneous decision in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia to pretend to halt counting votes was unprecedented and demonstrated a coordinated effort to collude toward the desired results. And on and on and on. Optical scanners were set to accept unverified, unvalidated votes. And on and on and on. The favorable votes pouring in after hours for Biden could not be accounted for by a Democratic preference for mailed-in ballots. They demonstrated manipulation. For example, in Pennsylvania, it was physically impossible to feed 400,000 ballots into the machines within two to three hours. This is the information that is coming out, and this new expert, Dr. Kershavars Nia, we're going to hear more about him this week. Bottom line is... Whether we're able to overturn this election or not, it's going to go down in history, in my opinion, as a stolen election. As an election that, at a minimum, we're all going to have to live with the fact that there was widespread fraud. We're all going to have to live with the fact that the media has lied and covered uh, for the, the widespread fraud. 
And to me, it really changes. It really changes. I don't know what changes for me, America. It really does. It really does. Because you think at least our media would be a little bit curious about all this stuff. But literally as of today, they are still saying no evidence of fraud. And when push comes to shove, what they switch to is no evidence of widespread fraud. And when then they're pushed on that, they'll say, well, maybe there was fraud and maybe it was kind of widespread, but it probably wasn't enough to overturn the vote count in that state. Now, I don't know, you know, in, in a lot of situations in, in, in a lawsuit, uh, in, in a game of baseball, there are a lot of venues where if someone's caught cheating, they automatically lose, right? They don't say, oh, well, you were cheating at poker, but we're still going to pay you on your winning hand because even though you were cheating, you still would have won because even though you brought that extra ace up from under the table, it's okay. You, you still had the best hand without that cheating. They don't do that in poker. They don't do that in any sport. If you're caught cheating, many times the game is just called right there. And that's the end. And that's the same thing in litigation, right? So if, if someone is being prosecuted and they can find out that there was some lying going on by the prosecutor or some type of fabrication of results from the lab, if they can prove there was some funny business going on, many times the remedy is the case is just thrown out. And somebody that might have been guilty, they walk. And, and that's not the standard here. The standard here is you've got to prove fraud and you've got to prove that there was enough fraud that it would have changed the outcome, which is really impossible to do, right? When you've thrown away the, the envelopes that the mail-in ballots came in, when you've had people, you know, sitting there with pens you know, darkening in votes, signing for, for where signatures were missing. How do you unwind that and prove it didn't happen? How do you deal with software that's been reformatted on computers to prove what happened with the computers? It's, it's really just that they did this and they were smart enough to cover their tracks, but it's going to take a Supreme Court to number one, take the case, and number two, be willing to look at the statistics, to be willing to look at it and say, well, you know, how could 100,000 votes come in and like only 1,000 of them are for Trump or whatever these ridiculous uh, ballot dumps were? And, and use common sense and use common sense to say, look, Something is rotten in Denmark. Something is not right here. All right, what I'm going to do here is go ahead and I've got my CGI set up. Okay, so if you're watching right now live, and if you're listening live, and I'm going to switch over to my to my screen here where I can see the phone calls. We're going to take phone calls right now. So if you're watching live, you see the phone number now on your screen, whether you're watching on any of our Facebook channels 
on YouTube, on DLive, on Daily Motion, on Twitch, any of our various video platforms. You now have a phone number on your screen. And if you're listening on our audio stream, here is the number 646 716 4041. When you call in, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna screen any calls tonight. So you'll just be put right on hold. When I bring you on the air, give me your first name and the city you're calling from and uh, make your point. Ask your question. Uh, disagree. Agree. Maybe you want to bring something else up I didn't cover. I don't know. I have to tell you, I'm, I, I, I've been having anxiety lately. I know a lot of you have been having anxiety. Um, just wondering, like, what happens next? I didn't want to do the the show tonight and bring all this negative stuff up. But, uh, the reality was that it, it stuff that needed to be said. And a lot of times when I've got a guest holding, I've got 30 minutes. I don't have much time uh, to get into things like I did tonight, but I do think there's some really, some tough days ahead, some tough days ahead. I think it'd be a good time to start paying off debts. I think it'd be a good time to start building up your savings think it'd be a good time to really, you know, think about, uh, you know, taking a look at your investments. And if you've got a financial planner, uh, that just tells you, look, don't, don't worry, just keep everything invested. Let it ride, let it ride. I mean, I guess if you're 25 years old, you're 30 years old and you've got 30, 40 years before you're going to be touching any of that money. I mean, maybe that's okay. <laughs> but on the other hand, um, if you're somebody who is, you know, either in retirement or, you know, 10, 15 years or less away from retirement, uh, you got to start taking a serious look at this mess, this mess, and nobody's really talking about it. Right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. And, and I don't watch a lot of the financial channels too much these days, but I don't hear anybody talking about what we do about nine months where people haven't been paying mortgages and rent. I don't hear people talking about this mass exodus from all these major cities, which are mostly these blue states that are already in trouble that just have to keep raising taxes and raising taxes and raising taxes to try to somehow make up for the shortfall, for the financial mismanagement, for the underfunded pensions. And people are not going to come back to these cities. And how do they deal with this? I, I'm kind of saying what let's say the vaccine hits and it's it works and, and uh, you know, people take it. And let's say, I don't know, let's say by the summer, the covid is gone. We're not even talking about it anymore. Everything's back to, quote unquote, normal. Where is the economy? Especially under a Biden administration. Can you imagine all of the money that will be wasted with this uh, Green New Deal and all of this nonsense? Mass forgiveness of student loans, which will cost the government over a trillion dollars. And we're already at $27 trillion in our debt. Another stimulus will be at 30 plus trillion. And that doesn't include all the unfunded liabilities. Some people believe the real debt, when you factor in all of the future unfunded liabilities of the government, could be as much as $200 trillion. Where do we go from here? 
What is it going to look like six months down the road, a year down the road, even post-COVID? What does it look like? And if you're listening right now on the audio stream, the phone number is up and everybody, uh, anybody wants to call in, uh, everybody's got a sh- shot here. I've got four open lines, area code 646-716-4041, 646-716-4041. If you're watching on any of our video platforms, you see the number there. Uh, I'm not going to screen the calls, anything you want to talk about. Maybe you want to talk about something different. Another question I have, I threw this up on Facebook is, do you plan on taking the vaccine? Most of my Facebook friends said, no, they're not going to take the vaccine, which kind of raises another question, doesn't it? What are they going to do to those that don't take the vaccine? And I've heard everything from, you know, you won't be able to fly. Some people are saying you won't be able to go to work. <laughs> you won't even be able to keep your job. Maybe uh, you won't be able to go back to school. Um, and maybe they're going to require proof of that to go like into retail stores or most public places. I mean, who knows what's going to happen if you don't take the vaccine. I'm curious, will you take the vaccine or not? Another thing you could call in on tonight. The number is 646-716-4041. We'll wait just another minute or two. If you want to call in, there's four open lines, plenty of opportunity to call in. I know a lot of you are watching on Facebook right now. A lot of you are watching on YouTube, over at Twitter, over at Periscope, and we are live on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. 646-716-4041. is our number. 646-716-4041. And I'll watch for any calls that come in, but I'll just uh, close it out with this for you tonight as I'm watching. And we'll give you another few seconds if anybody wants to uh, jump on board with a question or a comment. You know, like my pastor was talking about today, I do think that as Christians, we need to somehow come to grips with worry. But I want to make it clear that I think there's a difference between worrying, which the Bible really points out that worrying does no good. So I I obviously agree with that. You know, if you're worrying, can it make, you know, I, I think the scripture is, can you add, Uh, to your height (laughs) by worrying how many of you by worrying can make yourself taller it's not going to happen right so there is this kind of pointless worrying but then on the other side of it there's preparedness right there is saying hey there's a hurricane coming i'm going to put up the hurricane shutters there's a hurricane coming i'm going to stock up on food i'm going to get some extra food Uh, There's a hurricane coming. I'm going to put my car in the garage. Okay, that's not worrying. That's preparedness. And let's go to the phone lines. We'll start here with uh, area code 781. You're live. Your first name and city, please. Go ahead. Hi, Jim. It's Mike from uh, Boston. Hey, Mike from Boston. Thank you for your show tonight. You're welcome, sir. Good to have you with us, Mike. Mike from Boston. Long-time listener. Um, yes, I just wanted to say that um, I've been seeing the news, uh, the media, 
keeps saying that Black Friday, this is the best Black Friday they've had in years. <laughs> retailers have never seen such a booming, um, just booming numbers for, for this Friday and this whole weekend. Um, but I see the small businesses here yeah. in Boston just, uh, just gone. And I don't understand how anyone can, can believe those numbers. I just think it's all part of fake news. I think you're right. And, and what we're seeing is the destruction of the small local businesses. And you see, Mike, you're smart because what happens on Black Friday is they offer these really uh, low priced items as a loss leader to get you in the store to spend money. And I, I wouldn't dispute, I wouldn't dispute that maybe this year Walmart has done well and, and, and maybe, sure. you know, maybe Best Buy has done well and maybe Amazon has done well, but that's Wall Street. That's not Main Street. And that can't happen forever because we can't literally shut down every small business in America and just get everything from Amazon and Walmart and Target and Best Buy. But that's really those were the winners and they may have had a good day on Friday. Uh, that's not what I read. And I think when the numbers all come out. Uh, it's it's not going to be a record in overall spending. Most people I talk to, Mike, are going to spend less money this year than they spent last year. And we're used to these Christmases where it's always a bigger number every year, every year, every year. And a lot of the money that was spent on Friday uh, was spent on super low priced items where there wasn't really much profit in there. So they might have had some gross dollars coming into these big corporate operations, but not, you know, obviously not the local people. And I wonder really in the end uh, how much profit uh, there was. I, I personally don't think it's going to be a good uh, Christmas retail season. Mike, are you going to spend more this year or less? Oh, no, I'll probably spend much less. And, you know, I, I worry about people who don't have jobs or they think they're going to get their jobs back. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to spend money that they don't have. And, and it worries me, you know, and I... I wish everyone out there, you know, only the best. I know these are just tough times to everyone. And yeah. Thank you for your show, Jim, tonight. It really awakens everyone, I think. Thank you very much, Mike. Good to have you with us. And, um, you know, the only the only thing I would say uh, to add to Mike's call, and we're going to go to Orlando here, the caller is holding, just be patient, I'll be with you momentarily. If there was a stimulus that came out, you know, if like in the last week or two, we, you know, if each household got 2400 bucks and $500 a kid, uh, we might have had a pretty decent Christmas season. And maybe it's not too late for everybody to get a surprise big fat check before Christmas. But I'm spending less and everybody I know is spending less and everybody I know that owns a small business is telling me how bad it is. So if if you're watching TV and they're saying this is the greatest season ever, I think it's fake news. Let's go to area code 407, which is in my area uh, here in Central Florida. Orlando, hello, your first name, and what's your comment or question yeah. tonight? My uh, my name's Nathan. Uh, I got I got I, I missed your monologue, and whenever I seen your show title, I tuned in, and you were just bringing starting to talk about bringing on callers so i don't know what you said but i think what i got on my mind might be along the same lines i this is what i've been thinking for a long time uh, back in the early 90s i went to one of these seminars to learn how to uh, play the stock market and and this guy said starting out in in his seminar he began it with 
He goes, uh, uh, he goes, 40% of the baby boomers fear, uh, Social Security won't be there when they retire. So what that's done through 401ks, uh, mutual funds and, and, uh, IRAs is put a lot of cash in the stock market. And he goes, I want you to view the, the stock market as a river, not flowing with water, but flowing with cash. And what I'm going to do is teach you the strategies to run down to the bank with your bucket and fill it up. And whenever he said that, I sat through the thing. I learned all the strategies. And the next morning, I was at the bank, and I told him I had some IRAs. I want it all in cash. When I went to work, I said, I want my 401K, get out of the stock market. all. And, and that was in 1997, okay? And I've been in all cash ever since. And I've seen it go up and down, and I hear this thing about this 100. They sh- show this graph of a $10,000, and in 30 years, uh, it's, it's $100,000. And I'm sitting there saying, yes, but uh, when my dad was in the con- uh, my age back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, he wasn't in the stock market. So we don't have the history that shows this is true. So I'm, and I don't know what I'm saying. It's just emotion, but I'm going to say no. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, let me jump in, Nathan, and let me interrupt you and jump in and then we can have a conversation. I am, I am generally of the mindset that long term, the stock market is a place to have money. I've said that for years and years and years. The statistics prove that to be the case. However, and this is a big, however, we are living right now. In unprecedented times, and I'll just give you a couple of thoughts from this, the beginning of the show that you may not have heard. We have people that haven't paid a mortgage since March, millions. We have people that haven't paid rent since March, millions. We've got this mass exodus from these big cities. Uh, we've got business, uh, one third of the businesses shut down in New Jersey, just as one example. We've got all these blue states with, with pension obligations and debt and mismanagement. We've got these big cities with a loss of population that's never going to come back or maybe at least 10 or 15 years. We've got shopping malls that are closing down. There are these sort of unprecedented times where you can't just say, well, for a hundred years, something has happened. So that, you know, it's like the guy who drowned uh, crossing a river with an average depth of six feet. You know, averages are great, but they're not necessarily always to be applied in every single time window. And that's what I'm saying here now. So I don't want to uh, mislead you, Nathan, and I'm going to let you continue on here, but I don't want you to think that I, I have been that guy who said in the long run, have money in the market. But I'm simply coming out right now, which is rare for me, and saying the Dow hitting an all-time high over 30,000 with all of the backdrop of all of these problems makes no sense to me. And and I certainly think that uh, whether a crash is coming or a major correction, something bad is going to happen soon. A reckoning is coming. Okay. Let me let me finish this out real quick, and I think you'll get a picture. And I'm not saying that it was planned or it's a conspiracy, but you know, you know, I can see what you're saying. And but I, I got that fear, and I got out of the stock part of it. And then whenever Bush came in, George W. He started floating the idea of privatizing um, our Social Security. So I got my Social Security account, and I can sit there and go, I want to buy this much stock, da 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 da. 
And I just said, no, no, I don't want to do that. I'm against it. But then he didn't, he didn't get that pushed through. But at the end of his term that Obama gets blamed for, uh, he does this bailout in the last quarter before he leaves office, which basically put the bailout for the banks, but it but put a lot of money into the deepening us economically into the, the world economy, the global economy. And then we go through this recession, uh, great recession, which was a bunch of trash. But, but at the end of the day, we wake up and when, and then all of a sudden, you know, we got this global economy and Trump is trying to get us out of it or at least pull us back from it some. And, and, and then I'm seeing this COVID and all the stuff. And I'm one of them people that's only worked, uh, three months out of this year. I broke my toe. Then my insurance dropped me and they, they, my company, cause my company said, we, we, we don't have room for you. And then after that, I got COVID. I'm, you said you go to church. Pray that I get a negative tomorrow when I go to the doctor. But, uh, but I'm one of those people that has suffered through this stuff. But, but what I'm saying is I see this here. As every everything in our economy, you can go back and look at Executive Order 12803. That was uh, George Daddy Bush and the, the NAFTA and a whole bunch of other stuff put us in this economy that just sucks all the money out of America. And and I see it as a way to break us. And uh, one of the things I hear I don't like about Social Security. Okay, listen. I want you to think about this. If you made $10,000 the first year you worked and pretend you never worked, you never made more than $10,000 a year all the years you work. Let's say you worked for 50 years, okay? When you retire, if you put 50%, 15% of that $10,000 away, when you retired, you would have $75,000 sitting in the bank. Now you've gotten raises. I'm willing to bet you've put you've contributed right. more to right. More, plus, plus more you should be getting a million. Plus you'd be getting some kind of uh, earnings on that money also. But your point is yeah. your point is well but, taken. And Nathan, my, Nathan, you you make a lot of great points. I want to give other people a chance to chime in. I pray that you do get that negative uh, COVID test. Uh, and, and we wish you the best. You make some great points. You're a great caller. Uh, and we're going to open it up here again. Uh, that opens up a couple of more phone lines. So this is your last chance to call in 646-716-4041 is the number. If you're listening on the audio stream, if you're watching on any of our video platforms, the number is on your screen. The number again is 646 716 4041. Are you concerned about the economy like I am? Do you think the market's going to come down? Are you going to spend more or less during this holiday season? I want to hear from you as you're watching all around the world and listening uh, on our audio stream, watching on our various video streams. Last chance to jump on board 646 716 4041. I'm not screening calls tonight, so really anything you want to bring up within the realm of what we've talked about, maybe you want to bring up something a little bit different, that's okay as well. 646-716-4041. Last, last chance to call in, your last chance here. And as we close it out, and I'll keep an eye on the phone banks here, if you want to jump on board, we'll extend the show a little bit. But as we close it out, I want to just wish everybody a great 
uh, rest of the weekend. Uh, we had a great Thanksgiving with my family. We got together. There was nine of us over in Orlando at my son's home. And uh, we've got some great shows coming up here over the next couple of weeks. Next week, we've got Derek Gilbert. The following week, we have Cheryl Atkinson. Uh, we're going to do some shows like this during those holiday weekends. I'll probably take at least one of those weekends off completely. But I wanted to do a show tonight because there's so much going on right now. So much going on in the economy with this whole contested election. And well, as Christians, we should not worry. I, I agree with that. Obviously, that's a biblical principle. But it's, it's okay to be aware. Don't worry, but be aware and be prepared. Don't worry, but don't put your head in the sand. Watch what is happening and get prepared for some tough days ahead. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, we're going to close it out here then. No, no more callers here on my board. Thank you to everybody that called in. Thank you for everybody that's watched and listened. God bless. This is Jim Paris. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. God bless.